So significance is what we've been talking about. Let's start right off with the definition and talk a little bit about what we did, we talked about last week. Significance, the quality of being worthy of attention or importance. It's, it's not the attention and the importance, it's the quality. Something that has quality that's worth attention and importance. And last week we, we hit on something really key, which is you can feel very significant. You can feel like you've got that quality. You can put your trust into something that feels like it has that quality. And you can, man, you are, you're pumped, you're good, you feel good. But that quality can betray you. It can be that this thing that you were so, you, you had so much trust in, it betrays you. It doesn't hold up. And we talked about two very specific things. One is when you lose everything. When you lose everything financially, will that quality, that thing you've put your trust in, will it hold up? And secondly, death itself. And we discovered that what Christ did is he came along and he said, listen, I have given my life for you and overcome death so that I could give you my righteousness. That's a quality worth attention and importance. It's a quality that when you stand before God will hold up to where we don't have to fear death. Why not? Because we have a significant or a significance in Christ's righteousness that we can trust. So in this series, we're not after you feeling significant. There's a lot of people who really feel significant one moment, and the next moment, moment they realize that that which they put their trust in, it betrayed them. It, it, it really wasn't a quality that could be trusted. And so I, I have a very simple question for you today. This is the question we're going to try to answer today. When it comes to significance, doesn't it seem like it's a bit unfair? When it comes to significance, doesn't it seem like many, many people have a huge advantage over other people? In fact, in our, in, in, you can hear this uh, in our culture. You can hear it maybe amongst your friends. Maybe you talk about this in your family, that we talk about this quality of life, and it's not fair that these people get to experience this quality of life, but these people don't get to experience this quality of life. And we try to go around this by saying, hey, oh, look, look, listen. You're all great at something. We're all great at something. But you know what I've discovered? That, that is not true. Doesn't it tick you off when you hear about an NFL player, an NBA player, and, and they're, just, they're just amazing athletes, but they're also super smart too? Like, whoa, timeout's not supposed to work that way. It's supposed to be one, he gets his one thing and somebody else gets another thing. And if you've noticed, when it comes to athletic ability, it's not fair. The, the potential that some people have, the, the potential that some people have to be amazingly significant, to have a quality worth attention, is very different than others when it comes to athletics. How about brains? Can, can you remember being in school and, and those of us who had to work like crazy to get good grades, were, we, we just couldn't stand those people. They didn't, get, they didn't have to do the homework and they got A's. It's not fair. They, they have got a head start. Those who have a head start financially, like you, you're born into a home where you're going to have great schools, you're going to have great, you're going to a great college, you're kind of set up versus somebody who has to drag it and work it from the bottom. Is it really fair? Now, why is this important to your heart? 
Well, because much of what goes on in your life is you trying to prove you're significant. Husbands and wives, did you know that a number of your fights, these little fights, they start out little fights, they're little tiny things. You're like, what were we fighting about? I, I can't remember. Well, at some point in the conversation, what happened was one of you demeaned the other person's significance. You made them feel like they weren't worth your attention or importance. And so they defend it. And when you defend it, what do you do? You attack the other person's significance. Exactly. We think up the most cruel ways to communicate to someone else. If it's man to his wife, that she's not pretty enough. That, that she's not smart enough. That, uh, that she's ridiculous. And, and these ideas are ridiculous. And, and, and women to men. Or wife to husband. She, she goes after the core of whether or not he's really a man. And if he's worthy of your attention, we do it with our children, children to parents. Some of the most, kids instinctively know how to say something that will go to your heart. And what they're going after is your significance. You're not important. You're not worthy to listen to teachers to students, students to teachers, coworkers to coworkers. Oh my, boss to worker, worker to boss. You see, this is hugely important to you. You want to be significant. The answer is for you not to, and the answer is not for you to go, okay, I, won't, I don't want to be significant. I want to be a nobody. No, that's not the answer. So, but it's not fair, right? Like just, just look at your life. Look at all the areas of your life you're trying so hard to prove that you're significant. But there's always somebody who's better. No matter what area, you may, you may decide, you know what, I'm going to be a big fish in a small pond. And others of you are like, I'm going to try to be a big fish in a bigger pond. But, but no matter what ways you try to manage this significance thing, it turns out to be not fair. It doesn't matter what niche you find yourself in. Someone will come along and you'll be like, wait, they, they, compared to them, I don't. So today I'm going to teach you a principle that you've got to grab a hold of it, yes, but you also have to let it simmer. You have to, you have to interact with this principle. You have, to, you have to let it grab a hold of your heart and meditate on it and go, wait. How does that work? And is that really true? This principle I'm going to teach you will change your life if you grab a hold of it. This is one of those that I can guarantee it will change you from the inside out. If you let this principle grab a hold of you, if you immerse it, immerse yourself into it and go forward with it. So we're going to start with Jesus because uh, Jesus is a super uh, way to interact with how do you really experience life. And he was amazingly significant. So it'd be a great one to start with. Here's the principle. Jesus seeks no private significance. In other words, Jesus seeks no private glory. He, he is not looking for personal, look at me, Look at what you see in me privately. 
apart from the Father. Jesus seeks no private significance apart from the Father. He does not look within for significance. Now this is amazing because Jesus had incredible talents and abilities beyond what you and I would ever have. He had the amazing ability, well, we're going to see some things he had to do, but he could heal, he could teach in ways that just left people in awe. You, you know, he walked through the countryside, and as he walked through the countryside, people showed him great honor because he was worthy of praise. He had this quality about him in a lot of ways. So why would he, why would he do that? We're going to walk this through. I want, you to, I want you to see how Jesus interacts with the Father, how he interacts with significance. So first, the, uh, Jesus had been healing people, and he healed somebody on the Sabbath. And the leaders of the day are like, you can't work on the Sabbath. And they saw that as work, and they're like, you can't do that. And, and he said, hey, I'm from God. And they're like, oh, we're going to kill him. He thinks he's God. And so then Jesus answers them. And this is what he says to them. So they're going after him, going, you're not significant. You are not as significant as you claim to be. He says this, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. What? <laughs> can you imagine living with that attitude? I can do nothing by myself. Now, this isn't false humility. This isn't like, oh, I can't do it. I can't open a can opener. I can't, uh, I, I can't get out of bed. I can't do anything without the Father. That's, that's not realistic. He could wake up in the morning and he could, that's, that's not what he's talking about. He's really saying, I can't do anything significant by myself. Then he goes on this list of things that he can do with the Father and many of those things he actually could do, it's him. It's what he could do, but he, well, we're going to find out. Very truly, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. First principle, I don't seek significance in myself. I seek it in obedience. Whatever the, God, whatever the Father tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I look at my life. He goes on to say, for the Father loves the son and shows him all he does secondly he's loved by the father where does his significance come from it comes from being loved by the father yes and he will show him even greater works than these now greater works than these is he's been healing people he has been teaching incredible ways he had he has controlled the weather this is a this is a big deal for him to say greater than what you've already seen so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he pleased to give it. Whoa, he has the power to give life. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that he may honor the Son just as, the, as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. Wow. What? He's loved by God. He has the ability to, to give life. And he has this ability. Uh, he is to be honored 
And if you don't honor him, you're not honoring God. That's an incredible, that's significant. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Boom. He has the power to give eternal life. And, and his words have the power to give eternal life. And will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. You hear the voice, his voice, and he can bring you to life. You'll, you'll hear his voice and it gives you life. He says, do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear I'm sorry, we'll hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live. And those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. So at the end time, and all these people have died, we're talking about all of time, he's going to come. His voice will come. It will bring everybody out for the final judgment. We talked about that last week. Then he says this, this is the key, all right? So we've gone through this list of things that if you and I had any of those, we'd be like, I am significant, look what I have, look what I can do. But myself, by myself, I can do nothing. He steps back, he says, I, by myself, I can do nothing. You're like, oh, you mean he, he, just, he just can't get out of bed without it? No, he's going to tell us in a second what it means. By myself, I can do nothing. In other words, I don't find any significance in me. I judge only as I hear my judgment is just. Here's the line. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. I don't seek to glorify myself, but him who sent me. I don't seek significance in myself. I don't seek that which is significant about me to please me, but to please the Father. In other words, he had all these amazing, significant qualities. He didn't think any of them were there to please him. What? Just, just think through your days. Think through your life and think through your job and your marriage and your parenting and your high school career. and Just think about walking into your class reunion and how you'd be like, okay, what ways can I show that I'm significant to all these people that were my friends in high school? Put those on a list. Jesus were 10 times what yours are, and he said, you know what? I'm not going to seek those as my place of significance. Instead, I'm going to give those to the Father. I'm going to obey the Father. I'm going to please the Father. That's my goal. I want to please the Father. And guess what? Becomes eminently or eternally or infinitely significant. That's how Christ finds significance. 
here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of this whole thing. Remember, we started with whether or not is it fair. Is it fair? Here's an incredible truth. Full significance is, ava- is available to anyone and everyone in Christ. You hear that? Full significance is available to anyone and everyone in Christ. At this moment, at this moment of your life, full significance is available to you. At this moment of your life, full significance is is available to the person sitting next to you, regardless of what they brought to the table at the beginning, regardless of their physical abilities and their mental abilities and their it doesn't matter what they have coming to the table because what Christ showed us was he doesn't trust what that he brought to the table that's not what makes him significant what makes it significant is he doesn't use those to please himself or make himself significant he used them to give them to the father boom that's significance do you, do you get it that person you can be in full you can be 100 percent significant when you place that in the father's hands when you place that in the son's hands full significance is available to anyone and everyone in christ and his mission christ sold out to god the father and his mission And he invites us to sell out. Sell out means to give myself fully to Christ and his mission. So you say, wait a minute. I I, I don't know if that's true for me. Like I'm poor. What do I have to offer? You live your life and and you see yourself as insignificant because you're poor. What do I have to offer? I, I don't have anything to offer. And, and you, you see others around you, and on a day-to-day basis, you try to prove you're worth something. You're trying to make more, but you failed again and again and again. You're poor. In the, in the New Testament, there was this lady, and there was people who were giving. And uh, somebody walked in, and they had, this, they had their giving plate set up in such a way that it would make noise when you dropped the coins in. So people would know if you dropped in a lot or a little. And uh, this guy walks in, he makes a big loud noise. And Jesus and his followers are over there watching. And, and then a, little, a, a, a lady walks in and, and she puts in what's called a mite, which is a half a penny. Nothing. She, she put in nothing. In the measurement of things, she put in nothing. And Jesus says, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. What? That lady was in full significance. She had a quality that was important and worth giving attention to. She's somebody. Why? Because she took what she had and she gave it. God. What about, what about you, those of you who, and, and this one can go in a lot of different ways. It's about your body. 
In, in our culture, and I think it's always been this way, I think you can travel the world, it's the way it is, people feel significant based on their bodies. There's different ways that this, is, this comes forth. Guys, they feel significant because they feel strong. And so uh, some of you, man, you work out like crazy, man. You just, you're just going at it, and you're, you're, you're buff, and you're strong, and you walk into the room, and you feel significant because of your, your body, man. I'm somebody, or you're athletic. I've talked about that before. I fall into that, used to fall into that. <laughs> Don't have much to show anymore, but used to fall into that, and, and, and you, on the other side, you may have women who are, are cultures of consumed with your body. It either needs to be skinny, or it needs to be uh, another size. Uh, you need to be focused on it, even to the point where we worship it. And did you know, it, it really has no significance. It's going to betray you. It's, it's not going to show itself to be that. This passage that I'm about to read is actually, it's talking to, to the church. It's saying there was sexual sin in the church. And they're saying, listen, don't, don't go have sex with a prostitute because when you, become, when you have sex with a prostitute, you become one with that person. Don't do that. You've sinned against your body. You've broken your body. So there's some of you who have bought into this thing that you need to show off your body. And I, I can't even go on Facebook. I can't go on your Facebook page. Because on your Facebook page, you're revealing things about your body, and you think it makes you significant. It feels like it. It feels like, man, they're attracted to me and my body. But this is what the passage says. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Hey, don't give your bodies away to the world. Don't give your beauty away to men who are gawking on Facebook and other places. Don't walk down the street and show off your body. Don't give them to... To, to the guy who's gawking as he walks, drives by. No, 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 no. I know it feels significant. I know it does. But it's going to betray you. No, 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 no. You, you cover that up, man. You don't let me see it. You don't let other people see it. You, you let the beauty of your face come forward. And then when you get married, when you get married, you take that beauty and you just lavish that on your husband. That's what it means. To honor God with your body. Men, it means to serve God with your body. To give God your hands. Give God your strength so he can move forward. Because you think it's giving you significance. It's going to betray you. But when you give it to God, when you give that to God, whoa, full significance. The next one is your career. You may have a career where... Where you're like, hey, it's not that important what I do. And so you keep trying to move up so you can prove your significance. And, and, and you're, you may be sacrificing your family and putting in those hours and doing all that. And, and, and you, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be significant. I'm going to be somebody. Jesus, when he called the followers, he said, come follow me. These guys were fishermen. Fisherman was your paycheck to paycheck job. 
If the fish were good, you might have some money, but there's a good chance there's not going to be. You didn't build a fishing business or a fishing company. You just went out and fished and sold your fish. And he says, come follow me, Jesus said. I will send you out to fish for people. Significant. You're going to change people's lives for all of eternity. The last one is a different curve. The last one is the guy who's got power. This guy has got power. He's a centurion in the Roman army. So when the Bible is written, the Romans ruled Israel. And so they came in and, and dominated Israel. The Israelites had to live under the rule of the Romans. Whatever they said, they pretty much had to do. Uh, they might have negotiated a few things, but push comes to shove. When the Romans wanted something done, that's what you had to do. You, you couldn't fight back against them. And this Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, hey, I have a, a servant who's been paralyzed. He's suffering horribly. Would you heal him? And Jesus says, um, uh, you want me to come to you? And it would mean that a Jew was coming to a Gentile. That was a no-no. The centurion knew that. And, and the centurion says, no, 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 you don't need to come. I understand. I have people underneath me. I have people that I command. And when I tell them to do something, they do it. All I need you to do is speak it. And Jesus says, when Jesus heard this, he, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such a great faith. He trusted Christ. And what happened? Significant. You, you may have an incredible business. You may have all signs of power. You may be on the end of, you may be on the end of the, it's not fair, but it's not fair because you've got so much talent. You've got so much money. You, you've got so, you, you have abilities. You have looks. You've got it all. And so you look at that and you say, I'm significant. No, 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 no. It becomes significant when you trust Jesus with what you that's a significance that will not betray you. So where does this bring us to? This is, this is what I want you to grab a hold of this. I want you to, to kind of identify where you are with this. What we've said is anyone can have full significance. In other words, you're going through your life and you keep trying to build significance. You keep trying to defend your significance. You, you feel less than you ought to be. You, you, you want to matter. You want to be somebody. But it's not fair. Because you weren't given the gifts or the tools that somebody else was given. Well, guess what? what? What we've learned today is, no, you can have full significance. Anybody and everyone in Christ and in his mission. What's your role? You gotta make a choice. You gotta make a choice. You gotta head in a certain direction. You see, the direction of self-significance is I'm gonna defend it and I'm gonna prove it. I am going to prove that I'm somebody. And, and I'm gonna look at what I've done and I'm gonna look at what I've produced and I'm gonna be able to go, I am somebody, I matter. That's one direction. The other direction 
is the direction of faith, honoring Christ, giving what we have to Christ. Not a little bit of it, all of it. I don't mean you give it to the church in the offering fund. I mean you give your what you have that you think is significant, you give to Christ to use in any way that he wants to use it. You give it to him and his mission. So we're going to trust Christ. We're going to put our faith in Christ. We're going to give to Christ. We're going to honor Christ. That's a whole different direction. You see, at the moment that you do that, it's full significance. In other words, Maybe you've come here today and, and, and you're, on the, you're on the low end. You're on the end of you've been abused and you, you can't imagine that you could ever, your body could ever be significant again. Maybe you're, you're, you're on the end that you have been lied to and treated horribly as a child. Or worse yet, your parents didn't parent you. And so you, you're wild. You, you have no discipline in your life. You have you just seem to blow it again and again and again, even though you're trying and trying and trying. Maybe you've worked really hard, but something devastating has happened in your life. You've lost someone that you truly love, and you're like, I, I just don't think I can, I don't think I can keep going. I don't, I don't, you're so discouraged. Maybe you have PTSD because you, you really truly have gone through something super traumatic. It has left you with a scar, and you, you're like, I, 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 how could I ever be significant with this problem? And maybe you have a physical problem. Maybe you, you're in a wheelchair. Or you just don't have much physical ability. You can go anywhere down the line all the way up to, no, you're, you got it. You have an amazing abilities. You have amazing talent. But no matter how hard you defend and no matter how hard you try to prove it, you, you don't come to significance. You, you just, you, you always come up short. You got to choose. Which direction are you going to go? Are you going to go in the direction of defense? I'm going to prove it. No, no. Or what Jesus said, which was, I can do nothing, which means I choose to only find my significance in the Father, and I take all of the things that you would usually bank on as your significance, I take all of those things, I'm going to give them to Christ. I'm going to give them to the Father. I'm going I'm I'm to be a part of his life, and he's going to be a part of my life. Whew. At that point, full significance. But that's your choice. It's your choice. It's a big choice to follow Christ. It's also... A day-by-day choice, an hour-by-hour choice, and a minute-by-minute choice. You can make that choice right this minute. I want to show you a, a video, and it's probably of the greatest, I think it's the greatest football play ever. But let me give you a little bit of background to it. There's a wide receiver, it's between, the, uh, it's a national championship game between the Miami Hurricanes and Alabama Crimson Tide. Miami had been national champions the year before, and they were uh, due, they were in the game again, and they were cocky, they were loud, they were uh, full of self-significance. And Alabama had had a good year, and uh, they expected to win as well, but there was a specific wide receiver, and you're going to watch this wide receiver on 
on the, on the tape that he had said about the Alabama backs. He said, you know, they're average. I mean, they're, they're good, but they're average. There's nothing special about them. I, I, I think we're going to tear them up. And, and this man, this wide receiver, had been an incredible wide receiver. He, he had made amazing plays throughout the year. He had a right to feel significant in his athletic ability. But you know, athletic ability, when you seek to please yourself, someday, one day, it will betray you. Take a look at this video. Did you see that? Here he is. He caught the ball. He is supposed to be the fastest guy on the field. He's 10 yards ahead, and the defensive back, George Teague, runs up and catches him, and worse yet, steals the ball right out of his hands. And so it's an incredible experience for this team and for this coach. But I want to show you another picture. This picture is the picture of Gene Stallings. Gene Stallings was the coach of the Alabama team. And he, he was a tough coach, but he, he was a good coach. And it would have been what you would, call, what you would have thought would have been the, the biggest joy or the most significant moment in his life. He won the national championship. But he says it wasn't. He says the most significant thing in his life is the young man who's sitting next to him. That's John Mark. John Mark was his son who was born with Down syndrome. And when his son was born, he was devastated as a father. He couldn't believe that God would have let this happen. Nothing, his son had no significance. He had no hope. They had said, you need to put him in an institution and, and pretty much leave him there. But John Mark is really what this story is all about. Because John Mark... On the scale, Lamar Thomas had amazing athletic ability, unbelievable. John Mark had none. He loved football, but he, could ne he was never had any athletic ability to be able to do that. Matter of fact, he, he didn't have the ability to get a, a real job. They let him work at, at uh, the museum where he, he, he dusted things off, and it was a real job to him, but it wasn't significant, not to the, to the rest of us. But there's some, some things about John Mark that you need to know. One, John Mark loved people. And, and wherever he went, and his dad was, was wise, he let John Mark hang with him. And so he, he knew the football players and interacted with the football players. And, 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 and they grew to begin to love him because of his ability to love them. But even more, John Mark, at a pretty young age, gave his life to Christ. He could understand that he had sin, and he could understand that Christ offered to forgive him his sin and give him righteousness. And he loved Jesus. 
And so he was known that he, he couldn't go through the day without spending time with Jesus. He would spend time with his Bible every day because he loved his Savior. He was also known that the family had to go to church. They never got to miss church because John Mark says we're going to church. He wanted to be with his Savior. And lastly, John Mark was known because he loved to share Christ with anybody and everybody, whether you would listen or not. But he had such a sweet disposition, he shared Christ all over the country and loved people all over the country. Now, is it fair? John Mark was given almost no qualities that would have made him significant in this world. His life was shut, cut short because, he went at 40, because of the Down syndrome. At 46 years old, he passed away. A thousand people went to his funeral because of the way he had touched their lives. And for all of eternity, John Mark has a significance, a quality worth paying attention to that did not fail him because he decided, he chose to give what little bit he had to his Savior. Do you want to be significant? Do you want to turn that which is unfair into amazing, amazing significance? Take what you've got. And no longer seek to please yourself but to please your Savior. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this principle. Uh, Lord, I pray for, for each and every one of us. Uh, as you're sitting there in your, in your living room or you're at your kitchen table or wherever you are, you fight with this significant thing every day. It's a part of your life. It's a real part of your life. And you're always comparing yourself, and you're always trying to prove yourself. How about we give that up? How about we, we just lay that down? How about we turn our backs on this world and what it has to offer? We turn our backs on what we think makes us significant, and we turn to our Savior, and we give it to Him. And we trust him. And we experience full significance. Lord, give people the courage to do this. Open their eyes. Open their hearts. Let them know they're not just loved. They're being called. And they've got a decision to make. Give them the courage to make it. In your name we pray.